Take your Bibles with me, Matthew chapter 6, as we continue through the Sermon on the Mount. This week is our last week in this, this section of Jesus, back to Matthew 6.1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. And so what he's done is he makes that statement, verse 1, and then he talks about when you give, talks about when you pray, and then he talks about uh, this week when you fast. Okay, so, so just kind of a reminder of where we're at because we're going to hear a lot of the same things. Uh, so this message will probably not be as long as some of the previous ones. Um, but just a reminder where we are, right? Like, don't practice your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Why? Because there in verse 1, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Okay, but, but then in the last two things, with giving and with prayer, he says you do have some sort of reward, and it's this reward of the praise of men. And that man would give you an applause, they'd stand up for you, they'd think well of you, uh, whatever that might look like. And, and so he says, that's your reward, that's it. Short-lived, temporary praise of men. And, and he says there's something far greater than that. So when we give, we do it in secret. Our Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you uh, both here and now and in the, and then in the age to come. Right? When you pray, uh, you pray in such a way that you would do it uh, in, a, in a closet with your door closed. And, and as you would pray in secret, your Father who sees you in secret will reward you both in the here and now and the near and not yet. Right? So, so uh, that's what we've seen so far. And so this week, let's read our passage. It's verse 16, 17, and 18. And then we're going to uh, not necessarily dive into the text just yet. We're going to kind of talk, talk about this, the topic at hand. So verse 16, whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that your fasting will, be, uh, will not be noticed by men, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, so... Just kind of review. We've said this before. I said this last week. Uh, Dallas Willard quote. We're going to shrink it down from last week. And, and just this, this one sentence from last week. Right? The effect of both action and non-action. So doing things or not doing things for human approval is to push the presence of God aside as irrelevant and then to subject ourselves to the human kingdom. So he's talking to kingdom citizens. And he says, hey, when, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast, there's a way to do it that you would do it for the kingdom of God. And there's a way that you would do it uh, for, for the approval of men or for this human kingdom. And so whether we do something for man's approval or we don't do something for man's approval, what is Dallas Willard saying? He's saying we're pushing the kingdom of God aside as irrelevant. Okay, so what is Jesus saying? He's saying we can do that even when we fast. And so before we dive in the text, though, what does it look like? What do we talk about fasting? Okay, if you were with us two years ago, I don't think it was last year, uh, but a while ago we went through a whole series on fasting. Okay, so I'm not going to re-preach that series in any way this morning, but let's talk about fasting uh, and and just kind of wrap our brains around where we're at here. Okay, uh, if you go into the entire Bible, right, Genesis all the way to Revelation, uh, fasting is found throughout the Bible, but there's only one time that it is actually commanded for people to fast. It's found in Leviticus, Old Testament passage, dealing with the Day of Atonement. And it was a 24-hour period. Uh, history would tell us that some people made it 25 hours because they wanted to be above reproach or whatever. Uh, anyway, so 24 hours that it was commanded to fast on the Day of Atonement. Other than that, uh, we see no command to actually fast. And yet, throughout Scripture, we would see the Bible uh, speaking positively of those who do fast. 
And so we can think of like, like here comes some sort of judgment as in the days of Jonah and Nineveh who aren't even the people of God, who are outside of Israel. And what do they do? They hear of uh, God's going to judge the people. And so what do they do? As they, they fast, they put on sackcloth and ashes, they fast. And then what do they also do? As they, they, they cause their animals to fast. They don't even feed their pets. They don't feed their, their, their cows. They don't feed anything. Right? And, and God responds positively to, to their sackcloth and ashes, to their repentance, to their fasting. Okay, there's a, there's a decision to be made. What do they do is they fast. We see that over and over again in the Bible. Most often, what do we associate with fasting? We associate prayer. Right? We're going to fast and we're going to pray. We're going to seek God in this moment. And as we seek God, we're going we're gonna to withhold food from ourselves. Okay, the greatest, uh, greatest example of us to follow in the entire Bible is Jesus Christ himself. And we would see Jesus in his own life. He would, he would pray and he would fast for 40 days. Right? So, so while it's not a command really anywhere in Scripture, we don't see it as a command anywhere in the New Testament, there is this positive uh, implication of, of people who would fast throughout the Bible. Okay? What is the point of fasting? Though? Like, what, Why would we do this? What's the point? Here's the overarching theme of, of fasting. Like, you could probably come up with a little uh, outline, subset, all these things, but kind of this overarching theme for all of fasting. It's a physical way to remind ourselves that we should hunger after God. Right, so, so I don't eat for, for a, 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 a season, right? Uh, season's a long time. I don't eat for a couple hours. I don't eat for a whole day. Maybe you go a couple days, whatever it might be. But, but there's hunger, there's pain, there's things that are going to happen physically. And the point of those pains is that I would say, God, I, I, I desire food for life, but really I desire you. Like, like this hunger pain should direct my thoughts and my intentions towards you. Okay, so, so I'm fasting from what? I'm fasting from food. Because it's a physical necessity that would cause in my body some sort of pain that would remind me that I need to hunger after God. Okay, so think of the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who would know hunger and thirst after righteousness. Like, like, it's no wonder that Jesus would use the word hunger. Like, we all identify with some sort of hunger pains. Like, the word hangry is like probably in the dictionary now because we understand that we aren't us when we're hungry. Right? Snickers, we run the whole commercial about eat a Snickers yourself, right? We understand there's pain and hunger. Right? There's this, like, I want to eat. I want to put food back into my mouth. And so we understand those things. What Jesus is saying in the Beatitudes and, and what the whole idea of fasting is, I'm going to allow the pain of hunger to direct my thoughts towards Jesus. Like, like Jesus, the Father, uh, whoever we're talking to in this, like, I, I, I want more of you, and I want this feeling I have for food to be this feeling that I would have for you. Okay, so that's why we're going to say this. Uh, I would say you can fast from anything, and that's fine. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to, but, but in the Bible, it's a fast from food. Uh, people have lived for thousands and thousands of years without Instagram. And so if we say, hey, I'm going to fast from Instagram or social media for a week, are we really doing much? Now, is it worth it? For sure. Go, go for it. Fast all you want from it, right? Fasting from watching movies or television. Like, is that a great thing? Yeah. TV was invented this century, probably, right? Like, 100 years or so. Like, like, it's not like it would, humanity can live without a television. Some of you, you haven't watched TV in four or five days. You don't even have power, right? Like, you've done it. Congratulations. Okay, but there's, there's some sort of pain, and some of you want to argue. If you take away TikTok, there's going to be pain. Um, we're not going to make that argument today. Uh, but, like, there's some sort of pain when I don't eat. And that pain would direct my thoughts to the Father. It would direct my thoughts to my Savior. Like, like I want you more than I want this food. Okay, so, so that's what we're talking about. When we talk about fasting, it's this desire for God. Okay, now as we just think, in general, in our culture today, fasting is, is not really weird. I mean, if you would put the word intermittent and before, before the word fasting, man, that's like cool, that's acceptable, like that's, that's trendy, that's all over. 
Like, oh, you're intermittent fasting? Like, great for you. Uh, you put the word, I just listened to uh, uh, some sort of health podcast. I mean, fasting is good for your gut health. Like, not to go down this road too long. But when your stomach grumbles, it's actually good for you because it's cleaning out all your intestines and whatever else is down there. Like, it's doing work. And so fasting is good for your gut health. And so people are like, oh, you're fasting for your gut health? Like, good for you. Like, great. You, fast, you skipped breakfast this morning so that you could spend a little bit extra time in your bed to sleep? Like, like we call it breakfast to begin with. Like, there's that whole thing. But like, hey, we're going to skip this for more sleep. We're going to skip food for more work because I want to get this done early or I just have too much on my plate. And all those things are totally acceptable in our culture. Like, not weird at all. And you would say, hey, I'm going to fast to spend more time with Jesus. And all of a sudden, it becomes weird. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa, whoa hey, let's not go crazy, Christian. Right? Like, like all of a sudden, like, hey, I, I, I want Jesus more than I want a, a healthy gut. I want Jesus more than I want to lose weight. I want Jesus more than I want this job or the income. or Like, I just want more of him. And yet for us to skip a meal to spend more time with him would be so weird. And yet that's the whole context of what's going on here. Like, the purpose of fasting is that you would desire and hunger more of Jesus. Okay? So, so that's the context. Of, of, of fast, right? So here it is. So when we get into this text, uh, verse 16, Jesus says, whenever you fast, like, like it's, it seems to be a normal thing, right? No one's like, oh man, they fast. Like, no, people understand what fasting is. They understand what's, what purpose of it, all these things, right? Uh, Luke 18, we talked about this last week, Jesus' parable on prayer. He, he talks about the Pharisee who prays and he says, God, I thank you. I'm not like other people in, in this very self-righteous prayer. But in the middle of all that, he says what? He says, I fast twice a week. And, and from what we know, that was the norm. If you were a religious leader in Jesus' day, you, you would fast twice a week. And most of you would fast in the same two days. Okay, so, so when you fast, which, which for some of you, uh, listening in is twice a week because you want to be like the religious, religious leaders or you are a religious leader. Okay, so, so this is expected. This is the norm. This is how their culture worked. It wouldn't be weird to say I'm fasting or, or any of these things. Okay, so what do they do? So it's whenever you fast, do not put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. That word gloomy face is just the idea of sad countenance. Okay, so, so we're going to do something with, with our face, with how we look. We're going to see this in just a second. Uh, we're going to do something so that people would know that as I would walk by, that they know I'm fasting. Okay, we saw it with prayer. Uh, they're going to stand in the street corners and pray. They're going to stand in the middle of the synagogue. They're going to pray out loud. They're going to pray lofty prayers. They're going to pray prayers that people would be impressed with. We see that it was with giving. Like, we're going to blow a trumpet. Literally or figuratively, we're going to make a lot of noise and bring a lot of attention to us as we would give. So people would think highly of us, okay? Same idea here. We're going to do something to our face so that people will notice us. And, and just by looking at our faces, they would say, oh man, that guy's fasting today. Right? And what does Jesus call him? He calls them hypocrites. You look religious. You look like you're a follower of Jesus. You look a certain way, and yet on the inside, you're far from it. He says there in verse 16, For they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they are fasting. That phrase, neglect their appearance, actually means to distort your face. And so some people think it's just something to do with their, their actual muscles and their faces, and they would turn their face in such a way that it would be like, oh, that guy's in pain today. And, and some commentators think it's just, they just put on makeup. So let's say Thursday is one of your fasting days. You wake up Thursday, and you go to the, go to the sink, and you put on Thursday's makeup. That makes you look tired. That makes you look worn out. That makes you look, uh, man, I, that guy's fasting. And you can just imagine, like in this world, in this game that they're playing, the, the worse you look, the more righteous you seem on the outside. Right, man, he seems real hungry. He seems real tired. He seems, man, he's, he must have been fasting for a long time this time. Like, man, if I looked that bad, I would, I would just grab something to eat. 
And let's, let's, just, let's just put it all on, right? Let's just put on the costume, put on the show so that people will think high, more, more and more about us. They'll think higher and higher of us. Right? And Jesus says, no, you're just a bunch of hypocrites. You, you, you've been noticed by men, and Jesus says, and then you have, verse 16, like he ends all these other ones, you have your reward in full. Your, your costume, your appearance, the show you put on, you got what you deserved, and it's just the praise of men. Okay, then we get to verse 17. Verse 17, but you, okay, that but you, that's significant, right? Why? Because he's going from religious leaders who he calls hypocrites to you as the listener, to us as people who say we want to be kingdom citizens. We want to be followers of Jesus. Like, like this isn't just to, to you, the, the really good Christian, or to you, the missionary Christian, or to you, the, like, no, to you, like a, a citizen of the kingdom, a follower after Jesus, but you, when you fast. Like, when you, kingdom citizen, fast. The expectation is not a command. The expectation is what? Is that kingdom citizens will fast. Right? It's, it's right there. When you fast, you're, you're probably going to, uh, you probably should. Not a command, but you probably should. What does he say? When you fast, you're going to do what? You're going to anoint your head and wash your face. Let's talk about this word anoint. In the Greek, there's two words you could use. One would be a sacred, uh, maybe religious, ceremonial way of anointing. And one would be very common and mundane. It happens every single day. Okay, in this text, uh, the word anoint is not the religious ceremonial anointing. It is just the mundane, everyday anointing. And so what does it mean then when he says in verse 17 that when you fast, you're going to anoint your head? Like, what does this have to do with anything? Okay, let's not overthink it. Uh, most commentators are going to say it smelled good. So you take some sort of oil and you pour it on your head and it smells good. So if you put on perfume or cologne or maybe even deodorant this morning, which hopefully uh, at some level we all participated in that activity, uh, like that is probably what, what this is talking about. Okay, I, I had a, a teacher in seminary who, who thinks this was hair gel. You woke up with bedhead and he thinks you put this on and your bedhead went away. And so, that he, but again, what was it? It was some sort of appearance. It was so you wouldn't stink. It was so that maybe you looked a little bit nicer. Whatever it was, it was something that you did every single day for, for the, to, to, to appear proper in, in their culture. So, so you'd anoint your, your, anoint your head and verse 17, you'd wash your face. You'd do the two things that you do every morning when you get up to go out the door. Right? You're not putting on a show. You're not putting on extra makeup. You're not doing any of these other things that the religious leaders would try, try to do to, to get noticed and to get the praise of man. Jesus says, no, today uh, you're fasting, but today is any other day. Now, here's, here's the thought, though, right? And I don't think it's a very good thought. I think uh, most of us could probably argue our way through this rather quickly and easily. But here's the thought that some people will bring up. If, if, you are, are in, if you're fasting, say you're fasting for the last 20 hours, like you're hungry, there's some sort of physical pain, but man, you look good. Does that not make you a hypocrite? Like, like shouldn't Jesus call the person who's fasting but pretends not to be fasting the hypocrite and the person who's fasting and shows the whole world that he is fasting not a hypocrite? But, but what's the point of the fast? Right? The point of the fast is what? To get more of Jesus, to get more of the Father, to get, uh, grow in this relationship, to, to remind myself of the hunger that I have for, for God and, and, and being more like him. Right? And so, so is that something, being like Jesus, uh, growing in my faith, getting closer and closer to the Father, is that something that's worth being miserable over? The answer is no. Like, like in my fasting, I have something far greater than, than the approval of men. I'm getting a, a closer walk with Jesus. And so, so am I going to put on a sad face because I get more of Jesus today? Like, like, do I put on some sort of costume that says, man, I'm having a rough day because, because I skipped lunch to spend more time with God? 
Like, no, I got, I got something far greater. Like, sure, I'm hungry now, but, but for that little bit, that 30 minutes, that hour, whatever it was, like, I got something far greater than just eating the, the necessary food for the day. Like, I got, I got more time with Jesus, so I don't have to put on a gloomy face for that. Like, like why in the world would I want to tell the world that my day is so bad because I spent more time with God, not less? Right? So, so that's the context. What did Jesus say then? He says, verse 18, your fasting will what? Not be noticed by men. Right? And, and that's, again, we, we've said this all three weeks now, but, but that's the struggle, is we feel like we want to be noticed. And we, God is spirit, we worship him in spirit and truth, like, like he doesn't verbally speak to us in such a way that we know he noticed our fasting. And so there's this, hey, I'm going to fast today, and it's the desire to be like God, and desire to grow in my faith, and desire for, for good things, and yet some level it's like, yeah, but I, but I, I, I want to be noticed for this. And, and if God's not going to notice me, which I, I hope he does, but maybe he doesn't, then what? Then the next best option is to be noticed by men. And Jesus says, no, no, no. We're not going to fast in such a way to be noticed by men. But we're going to fast, and your father, who is in secret, uh, he sees what is done in secret. He will reward you. Now, here's the, the, the context of, of this whole sermon, right? Is The Sermon on the Mount is dealing with the kingdom. And the kingdom is both here and now and near and not yet. So all of these rewards for giving, for prayer, and for fasting. I think there's a context that would say, hey, there, there's a reward in the future. There's crowns of righteousness or whatever we want to say coming to us in heaven, but there's also a reward here, in the, here and now. So, so prayer, when I pray in my closet and I pray to the Father because I want to be with Him, there's a reward maybe in heaven, but there's also a reward that He hears my prayer now. When I'm fasting, there might be a reward in the future, but I think there's also the reward here and now that my fasting does what I want it to accomplish, which means I get more of Him, which means like I get a greater desire for Him. Right? And Jesus is saying, here's your reward. Like, like, the reward could be something in heaven. Like, Paul talks about that. We mentioned that in discussion group. Could totally be that. But the reward could also just be him. Like, like, we get more of our Savior. We get more of the creator God of this universe. We get a better and stronger relationship with him. And so what is Jesus saying? He's saying that's far greater than approval of man. And so we can fast and we can do it in such a way that we don't draw attention to ourselves. No, we do it in such a way that would be glorifying to him. And we get more of him. And so your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I have one more uh, quote. I feel like I've quoted Dallas Willard a lot. Um, I guess it happens when you read his book that talks about the Sermon on the Mount while you're going through the Sermon on the Mount. Um, This one, though, just kind of, we're going to come back to fasting. This one's wrapping up this, this section we're in. So, so Matthew 6, 1, beware of practicing righteousness before men, okay? How you give and how you pray and how you fast. And I feel like Willard did a a good job of kind of wrapping some of this up. Whatever your position in life, if our lives, uh, if our lives and works are to be of the kingdom of God, we must not have human approval as a primary or even major aim. We must lovingly allow people to think whatever they will. We may, if it seems right, occasionally try to help them understand us and appreciate what we are doing. That could be an act of love. But in any case, we can only serve them by serving the Lord only. Okay, so, so just, again, I will come back to fasting. I just kind of wrap this up with this last comment here that he makes. The greatest thing that we can do for somebody else in this church is for us to grow in our own walk with Jesus. Like the greatest thing you can do for your small group is that you would grow in your own walk with Jesus. Like, like we got to understand that. Like, like for me to put on some sort of pharisaical hypocrisy does nothing. 
For me to say, hey, look how good of a prayer I am, and yet I really don't pray well. For me to say, hey, look how good I'm at fasting, but I don't fast well. Hey, look how much I give, but you're not really doing for the glory of God. Like that accomplishes nothing in your life, but it also accomplishes nothing in the life of this church. Accomplishes nothing in the life of the, of the small group you're in. And so the greatest thing that we can do as, as members of this church, as, as regular attenders, whatever we are, like what, the greatest thing we can do is grow in our own faith in Jesus. Grow in our own walk. Why? Because when we, when we become more and more like Jesus, what does that mean? It means we love other people more and more. So when we grow in our own personal fasting that is done in secret and we have a greater relationship with Jesus, what does that mean? It means it's going to translate to other people in our small group. It's going to translate to other people in our church. It's going to translate to other people in our community. Like, we will be better at loving. We will be better at the Beatitudes. We'll be better at following after him, which is good for us, for all of us, for the corporate entity, the Ephesians, the, the all y'all, not just the individual. Right? So, so what is Dallas Willard, Dallas Willard saying? He's saying, like, this, uh, in any case, to serve others, we must start and, and only stay at serving the Lord. Right? If we serve the Lord, we will love other people. Pharisees, they look like they're serving the Lord, but they're not. These religious uh, hypocrites, they look one way, but they do the other. Like, like, we don't need more religious hypocrites. We need people who are genuinely concerned about their individual faith, knowing that their individual faith is going to spread to the people around them. What does that mean? It means if someone needs to learn how to pray, like, hey, I got you. I've been spending lots of time in the closet. Not in a bragging way, not in a self-righteous way, but I can, I can help you take the next step in your prayer life. You want to fast? Great. Let me, let me give you some pointers. Let me help you out. Let me help, help you grow along in this because I've been doing it and, and God's been blessing and rewarding. Okay, so, so in all of these things, like verse, back to verse 1, like we can practice our righteousness in such a way that men, are, men give us the applause and men do these things and yet there's no reward to your Father in heaven. The prayers accomplish nothing. The giving accomplishes nothing. The fasting accomplishes nothing. Right? For, for I, I think all of us in here would say, I don't want that. Right? And so what, what is, what's the goal? It's the goal that we would do these things. It's not that we get rid of giving. We don't give, a, give away, uh, get, get rid of fasting. We don't get rid of prayers. We do them, but we do them in such a way that would be glorifying to God. Okay, now let's transition back to fasting just real quick. Okay, uh, what would be the expectation from this passage? Right, like what would be uh, the, the goal, uh, a good goal individually, uh, maybe as a small group, whatever you want to talk about, but like what would be a good goal target? This, this is where I'm going to land. Um, you pray, spirit leads you in another direction. That's all fair game, but this is where I would land. I would look at my schedule uh, at a week or a month at a time, and I would pick one meal that I'm going to skip and I'm going to get my Bible and I'm going to go in a closet and I'm going to pray and read my Bible. And for some of you, you're like, man, I, I, lunch would be great for me, but I go to work. Okay, take your Bible with you and go to the car and make the car your, your closet. I, I don't know. I, maybe you got a closet at work. I don't know. But like, like just, hey, there's going to be one the first Tuesday of every month. I don't know how you want your schedule to work. But just say, hey, uh, there's this expectation here, right? Jesus says, you, kingdom citizen, like talking to the group as a follower of Jesus when you fast. There's expectation that fasting is going to take place uh, throughout the Bible. It's spoken of positively. So, so I feel like while it's not commanded, we as a church and we as individual followers of Jesus are missing out on something if we don't participate in fasting. And so whether it's once a week, uh, the Pharisees were twice a week. I'm not saying you have to be better than a Pharisee. I'm not saying you have to be equal to a Pharisee. But for most of us, I feel like once a week or once a month, here's one meal. I'm just going to skip for the purpose of, of reading my Bible and spending time with Jesus and praying to him. Uh, and so again, uh, 
we're not doing it in a way to, to draw attention to ourselves, but we also know that if we don't tell somebody, we're probably not going to do it. And so, so scripture memory and small group, they're, they're normally me Thursday or Friday for my group. There have been multiple times I wake up earlier than I normally would for a small group so that I can go work on memory verses. Because I, I know someone's going to ask me. Right? So, so not in a bragging way. Don't go to small group and say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to fast for the next eight weeks. Like, no. Like, guys, here's my plan. I want you to help me with it. Right? And that's it. We're not, we're not doing it for righteousness sake. We're not doing it for, for their approval. Like one of you might say, I'm going to fast for the next week. And one of you might say, I'm going to fast once a month. And one of you can say, I'm going to pick this day. I don't know what else is going to happen, but tomorrow at this time I'm going to fast and we'll figure out the plan after that. Like, great. But I feel like we as, as followers of Jesus, there's this expectation and not just an expectation that we would do it, but I think there's this reward. I think there's, there's benefit to our own life and the life of our church. And so, so where am I landing? I'm landing at... I, as kingdom citizens, may we do more of this. Or, or may we just do it more purposefully. Or may we just, just help, it, help fasting stir in us a greater desire for God. All right? Uh, let me pray uh, for us, and then we are going to observe the Lord's Supper this morning. So let me pray. God, when we think about desiring you, when we think about a greater walk and a greater relationship with you, God, it's just so easy to let other things move in and, and, and rob us of that. Silly things as watching sports or, or a show or hanging out or even just, just, an, just a different schedule. And all of a sudden, our time with you dwindles or goes away completely that week. And, and God, we can so easily fast for some silly thing. And yet to, to skip a meal to spend more time with you seems so radical and crazy. God, help us to desire you. Help us to want more of you. Help us to want a greater relationship with you. God, as, as we uh, would move forward, and not just in the area of fasting, but in the area of giving and prayers, just in these topics, God, you have promised to reward us. Like, like these are good things that you would expect to happen in your kingdom. And as they happen in your kingdom, there is a reward. And, and the reward is probably answered prayer. And the reward is a greater walk with you. And the reward is you yourself. And yet, Father, we so often leave that reward. We, we, we chase after some human approval. So God, as we leave this section, I pray that you just stir in our hearts a greater desire for you to recognize that, that this is something that you want for kingdom citizens. You offer the, us this reward, an eternal reward, a reward from you, and yet so often we, we look at the human reward. So God, forgive us. Forgive us for looking to this world for approval. I'll help us to, to desire you and to, to turn our lives after you. Uh, we pray these things in your son's name. Amen.